Hopefully, most of you will know that we've been going quite slowly through the book of Ephesians, just at this moment where so much has been shaken and is being shaken, um, we are really wanting to dig into our foundations in the book of Ephesians. It's such a great book for understanding the foundations of the gospel, who God is, what he's done with us. And we want to make sure as things around us are shaking that our foundations are rooted deep in who God is and what he's done. We want to go over that. Uh, we want to make sure uh, God's spoken to us prophetically about uh, being sure of our foundations. And so we're doing that in the book of Ephesians. We have got to the middle of chapter two um, at just the right time as many themes from the nations are coming in on us. Um, we've got to this great passage in Ephesians. Um, let me start and read without any further ado from um, verse 11. This is Ephesians 2. Therefore, Paul says, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember at that time you were separate from Christ. This applies to all of us here, pretty much all of us here. I don't think there's that many who are Jewish amongst us. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. That was all of us, wasn't it? Without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, that is the Gentiles and the Jews, one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Amen. What a great and foundational passage that is. And uh, on the subject of our foundations, this is one of our key foundations about race, about the gospel and race, the gospel and different ethnicities. Paul is talking primarily there about Jews and Gentiles God, in his restoration plan for the peoples of the earth, he began with one people group, with one ethnic group, the Jews. But his intention was always that through them, the gospel message of life in Jesus Christ would go out to all the people groups of the earth. And though in, at the point where Paul is talking here, the background, the context, if you like, is hostility between Jews, those who are of, that, of the Israeli people group, 
and the rest of the world. The context is hostility between Jews and Gentiles. But Paul is saying in Christ, God has done something new. That actually in Christ, there is one new people group. There is one new humanity, one new man in Christ. And uh, the dividing wall, the enmity, the division between different people groups and different ethnicities is torn down. That, that is broken down, that enmity. And so there is now one new people group in Christ. That's his message. And that is one of our key foundations. And what a great day to be talking about that as we're joining with other nations, with all the ups and downs and the, um, the technicalities. It's not quite so smooth as what we normally do, uh, maybe. But what a great way to celebrate what Jesus has done, that we are now one new people group. And amongst us here in the room, there are people from many, many different nations, many different backgrounds, many different experiences. But the foundation that we are building on and that we declare to those around us and to principalities and powers is that in Christ, there is one new people group. Amen? We were, di- we were dead. We are now alive. That's what Paul has just said in the first part of chapter 2. He has made us alive in Christ. And as he's made us alive, he has given us rebirth. He has made us alive in a new, a new humanity, a new people group that is distinctive from all the others on the earth, that actually our primary allegiance now is to the people of God. Amen? That is the thing that we most have in common. Uh, actually, beyond our ethnicity is that we are joined in Christ. And that is the foundation that we're building on. Um, interestingly, we really feel um, as a team, as we were uh, looking at this point in Ephesians and knowing that we were going to get here at this point, um, we knew that we uh, wanted to do this link with Dichlebeng because we're really looking at how we partner um, across the nations with different churches um, who are part of our, our family to kind of Uh, make a bit of a reality of what it is to be part of a family of churches across the nations. We know that often that's um, as a bit of an abstract concept for us here. It's difficult to connect. And so we're looking for ways that we can uh, make more of a reality of this partnerships that we have across the nations with others who are part of our family of churches. Hence the um, live link with Dick LeBeng this morning. So God has kind of put that in our way at this point as well. And then last week, many of you will know, some of you were here Um, when we were able to host in this room a meal for the visitors of the Harbour Project um, in Swindon. So if you you weren't aware of that, uh, the Harbour Project is a charity, not a Christian charity, but they work with asylum seekers and refugees in Swindon. And we've built a relationship with them through the pandemic. Uh, They've served their visitors in this building uh, uh, over the last couple of years, uh, loads in the week when when, um, we're not using the building. And that's just been an amazing privilege. And last week, uh, last Sunday, we had the privilege of having a meal uh, with many of the harbour visitors. Um, So about 70 people and then some of their staff team as well and able to enjoy a fantastic curry together. And what a privilege uh, to be able to serve in that way and to build relationships uh, with, again, people with, with some pretty difficult circumstances, but from all different nations across the world who, are, who find themselves at this moment in time in Swindon. And so uh, there's partnerships across the nations. There's uh, the, the links that God is making with us uh, within uh, different nations and different people groups in our own town who have come through, th- here through all sorts of different circumstances. And as we're 
celebrating and getting to this part in Ephesians 2, where we're looking at this one new humanity that God has, has created through the gospel, we wanna, we, we're just saying amongst ourselves, we really want to make the most of this. We want to camp here for a little bit because we believe that God wants to really rekindle something in our hearts. It's something that has been in us as a church ever since the very foundations, as Colin referred to earlier, uh, from the very beginning of this church, Swindon Family Church as it was, we had this prophetic word about um, building locally but thinking internationally. And the nations and the, and the different people groups of the world are something that has been in our heart as a people ever since this church was planted. And we believe that in this moment, as we look again at our foundation in, uh, in, in Ephesians 2, and gives us, God gives us these opportunities both with the harbour meal and the, the, the link that we've done today with Dick LeBain, we just want to... Uh, open ourselves to God and allow him to do something new, to rekindle and take us deeper in this, really. To, to really, uh, if, if he hasn't already, to awaken something in our hearts for the nations of the world to say, God, what do you want to do with this? And we want to take steps to press in more to what, uh, to what you want to do in this area. So we're going to stay in this, in this bit of Ephesians for the next few weeks. Um, the, the main applications of the passage will come over the next couple of weeks. So next week, we're, Al's going to look at the subject of uh, racial justice, um, a huge relevant issue in our culture, as you know right now, um, in many ways uh, provoked and brought to the surface during the pandemic with the murder of, um, of George Floyd in the States, um, but also all sorts of um, other issues that are uh, in that area of racial justice. And then the following week, um, uh, Colin's going to talk about uh, asylum seekers and refugees, migration, another massive issue for us culturally. So we really want to apply what Paul is saying here in Ephesians into those very relevant areas. And then the following week, which I think takes us to the 5th of December, uh, we, we won't preach in, uh, as such, but we're going to have a morning where we're just going to tell stories and pray uh, for the nations. So stories from the nations and prayer for the nations. Um, and this is not just the nations out there, by the way. We, there are many nations gathered here. Them. Swindon is full of people from all different nations, and it's an incredible privilege to have many re nations represented within the Gateway family. And we want to say, God, what do you want to do with this afresh in this moment as, as we look at our foundations? So that's where we're going over the next month or so. Let me just read another prophetic word from a few years ago, 2007, Rob Davies, some of you will remember this. You might have been here. Um, he came and prophesied over us from Genesis 28, which, um, and, it, and he said this, Genesis 28 is Jacob and his dream. Um, go and look at it afterwards. Uh, but this is what Rob Davies said to us in 2007. This has really lived with us as a church. It says people on earth will be blessed here. I believe you, Gateway, are going to see many, many different nations coming into this church. I believe you're going to see multicolored, multiracial church working together in a brilliant, wonderful sense for the purposes of God. And you have this promise over you, church. And so we, we believe that, we take hold of that. That is, not only is it in the word of God, but also it's in our prophetic uh, DNA as a church. And so it's really key that we get hold of this, that we understand that is, this is foundational for us. And in the days ahead, we really want to press into this and say, God, how would you have us take new steps in this area? I really don't have 
very much time this morning, but if you take one thing away from this morning, what I want you to take away from, um, from Ephesians 2 is that in the gospel, God has made a new people group. Amen? There are many people groups in the nations. There are many people groups in Swindon. There are many people groups represented in this room. But in Christ, there is one new people group. Amen? So this is a gospel issue, you see. Because I think we can, we can look at the issues between races. They're, they're all through history. We find them in the Bible in terms of Jew and Gentile. But if you look all through history, there's been division. There's been um, animosity between people of ethnic groups. But as we look at this from God's perspective, what I want you to understand is that this is not just a social issue. This is not about us being nice to one another or learning to love one another or learning to live together well as a community because things will be better that way. It's not just at that level. What I want you to understand from what Paul says here in Ephesians 2 is that this is an issue of the gospel. In the same way that you were dead in your sin, but in Christ you've been made alive, that kind of transformation. So what God has done in, in, in bringing new birth to you is that he has made one new humanity. Amen? So you are now part of a new people group. And, and you see, the, the reality of that is that I now have more in common with anyone in this room who's from a different nation. I'm looking out and seeing Caleras out there. From Fiji, you can't get much further away than that. But Calera, I have more in common now in, in Christ with you than I do with members of my own blood family who are not in Christ. That's the reality because of what God has done. That is the significance. God is, One day we're going to see all those who are in Christ from every tribe and tongue and nation and culture uh, assemble before the throne of God. Amen. We see that picture at the end of the Bible, don't we, in Revelation. One day the united kingdom will cease to exist, but Jesus' kingdom will never cease to exist. And we need... So this is not an issue of, of just society and making, uh, making society work well. This is, not, this is a gospel issue. It is fascinating. You need to go and read um, in the book of Galatians. I, I came across this. I, I hadn't understood this before. But, you know, Paul in, in the book of Galatians, I think, it's, I think it's chapter two, takes Peter to task because he's not followed through on... Um, it was Peter. You remember it was Peter that God gave the original dream um, about the, the sheep being lowered with, with kinds of food that he, he was meant to eat. And that was the thing that led him to go and uh, speak to Cornelius and to actually to be the first person who bridged the divide between Jews and Gentiles. Do you remember that? That was actually Peter. God gave that dream to Peter and sent him to the Gentiles. And he was the first one to see, oh God, th this message of the gospel is for the Gentiles as well. It's actually for everybody. And so that, that, that revelation was given to, the apostle, to, to Peter. And yet in Galatians, Paul talks about how he had to come along to Peter um, because he wasn't following through on that. Because actually he was still... Let me just read you this bit. It's so good. This is Galatians 2, 
verse 11. When Peter came to Antioch, this is Paul talking, okay? I, Paul, opposed him to his face. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles because of what God had revealed to him. But when these other men arrived, he began to draw back and separate him from his, himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. So Peter was afraid to associate with the Gentiles, even though God had given him that revelation, because what other Jews, might, religious Jews, might think of him. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. And this is, listen to Paul. Verse 14, Galatians 2. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? What I want you to see in all of that is that when we act as if the gospel doesn't apply in the same way or as if this barrier hasn't come down between different ethnicities, we are not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. Amen? It's a gospel issue. It's not a social issue. It's not a nice-to-have-in-our-society issue. This is the gospel. If we are not moving towards a building relationships and working together and building together with those who are from different people groups, who look different from ourselves, if we're not moving towards that, then we are not living in line with the gospel. We are not acting out what Jesus has won for us on the cross. Because on the cross, God has done away in that sense with, with people groups, ethnicities in that way, and, and he has made one new humanity, one new people group. Now, don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean that we suddenly have to, uh, that we're suddenly blind to our differences. We're not blind to our differences. We celebrate our differences. We celebrate the diversity that God has called together in this one new people group. You see, in our family at home, we, we are a, a little mini people group. And you might think, looking at my children, there's two of them here, there's one at home, that, you know, that we're all pretty much the same. They've had the same inputs. They can't. I tell you, they are so different. And we've just been experiencing this lately. We had, we've got exams going on. Uh, we've, got, we've got learning driving. We're talking about the future. We've got the way that we, even, even the way we look after our bedrooms. You wouldn't believe they come from the same parents. They're so different. And the way that they need parents, I'm so sorry to put you on the spot, guys. But the way that, they, that, are, that we need to parent them is utterly... You can't... What works for one, it doesn't work for the next one it, because they're different. And we, do you know what? I don't go, oh, no, that's a... Well, you might do that sometimes. <laughs> but no, we celebrate the diversity. And so that, the same with the people group of the family of God's people. We might not look the same. And boy, are we different in lots of different ways and our experiences are different and the way we look at life is different and our perspectives are different, but we celebrate that. And what we're called to do is to, is to listen to one another and to understand one another and to build relationship with one another. And this, is not, this will not be a straightforward process, okay? I'm not pretending that it's going to be all easy, but in the same way that the gospel, you know, the, the Bible says that he said, you are holy. But we have to work that out, don't we? God says, you are holy. In Christ, you are holy. But we are being made holy as well, aren't we? And so in the same way, 
Paul says to us, you are one new humanity. But boy, is it going to take some working out. And the, the thing that I forgot to tell you in this month of looking at our nations and our diversity, um, in, while we're based in Ephesians 2, um, we've had going over the last 18 months or so, we, um, around the time of, of George Floyd and all of that, we started a race and diversity forum. We knew that we wanted to press into this some more. We knew that we wanted to listen to one another's stories and to understand and build relationship across different ethnicities and to hear our history and our perspectives. And so we started a group um, that's been meeting over the last 18 months or so. Some of you may have come to the open forum that we did back in May, which was just an amazing time where we heard different people's stories um, and were able just to get an, a, a bit more of an insight into the perspectives that we have when we come from different races and different people groups. And just to say that we, uh, we found that such an amazing experience, and we want to do that again. Uh, this time it will be in person, uh, so on Monday, the 29th of November, in the evening, here, we're going to do another open forum uh, on the subject of race and diversity. So I'd love to invite you to that. The purpose is just to build relationship, to hear from one another, to hear our stories, and to begin to, uh, to con I guess, continue on the journey of building towards this thing that has been won for us in the gospel, which is that we are one new people group in Christ. Amen? This is going to be hard work. It won't be easy. And the, the, the temptation and the, uh, if we do nothing, it'll be so easy. We always, don't, don't we, as human beings, if we do nothing, the easiest route is always towards homogeny. Is that, is that a word? Towards people who are like us, to people who look the same as us, people whose experiences are the same. That's always the easiest route. But because of what Christ has done, we need to go against that. We need to work against that that is natural in us. And we need to build relationship and, and open ourselves to understanding those who are different. So our, our little self-audit that everybody can do over this period as we begin to think about this some more is, uh, when I look at those that I associate with and that I do life with and those that are around me, how different or, or the same as me are they? Because in the gospel... The, the direction of travel is towards one new humanity. Amen? And so it, the onus is on us to build in that way. That, that is the way we're going. There's no two ways about it. You've seen the picture in Revelation. You know where this all ends up in the beauty of diversity of people from tribes and tongues and nations and languages. And so the onus is on us now to build towards that, to say, where am I just with those who are like me? And where can I build differently? Where can I build relationship? Where can I invite someone? Where can I have coffee with someone? Where can I say to someone, what's your story? Let me understand what it's like to come from your nation or your experience, your background. That's the, that's the call on us, people. And that's what we're saying. This is one of our foundations. We want to uh, dig into this some more over the coming weeks. But let's be beginning to think about how, how do we work that out for ourselves and what that might mean for us. Amen? Right, I've said enough. Whew. Guys, why don't you come back up? It is, it is such a privilege, by the way. It is an incredible privilege to be part of a family that is as diverse as this is. But just because there's lots of different people gathered in a room, you know, we need to work out what that means. We need to make a reality of that. Um, 
And God is calling us to that in these days. So what I'd love us to do is to celebrate the fact that we are one new humanity in Christ. We celebrate that as we celebrate communion because what Jesus has done on the cross, the Bible tells us, is pull down the dividing wall of hostility between different ethnic groups. So we get to celebrate that as we share communion. So why don't we do that quickly while, and, and, then, and then we'll worship in, in a song or whatever. So let me just pray and then I'm going to invite you round your tables and if, your tab- if round your table you all look too similar to each other, then go and find somebody else, okay, who's from a different background or, or a different nation and share communion with them and celebrate the fact that God has weighed us one new humanity, amen? I- I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you've accomplished on the cross. I thank you for this amazing privilege that you've called us to. I thank you that we have... Uh, In the family here, people from all sorts of nations and backgrounds, Lord. And we thank you that only on the cross is it made possible for these dividing walls to be pulled down. And so, Father, we pray that in this time, as we celebrate this, Lord, that you would do something new in our hearts. And, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what you have won for us, Jesus. We thank you for making this amazing new people group with all its diversity and all its multicoloredness, Lord. And and we want to dig into it. We want to press into it. And Lord, as we share this bread and this wine right now, we celebrate, Jesus, what you have done in taking us from death to life and taking us from different ethnicities to one new people group. We celebrate it. We love you. And we thank you for what you've done. Let's, if you're a follower of Jesus, let's share communion together. Um, celebrate that. Thank God for one another. Pray for one another. And then these guys will lead us in worship.